host, T.G. Brandfault, and you are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information to normalize cannabis through the stories of gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Jason Santos, CEO of Burn TV. Super excited for this, Jason. Uh, we got a lot to talk about from one media guy to another. Um, but let's let's jump right into this. Uh, what's your background, man? How'd you get into the cannabis space? Uh, well, first off, it's great to be here. So thanks for having us on the show. And um, you know, as far as cannabis goes, you know, I was originally in the real estate space, and I was flipping houses and doing things like that. And I saw an opportunity to kind of bring my consulting and business background into the cannabis space as a way to kind of supplement my real estate business. Um, you know, I was paying cash for houses and things like that. So uh, I wanted to have some kind of like residual income so I can continue to put more money to work in the space. Uh, but honestly, within a few months of being in the space, I had an encounter with a, uh, a medical patient that pretty much shifted my focus uh, to be on the cannabis industry permanently. And I kind of started pulling back from the real estate stuff and went all in on the industry, realizing how important it was. You want to tell me a bit more about the the uh, meeting with that patient and why that, that changed your mind in, in the way that it did? Yeah. Um, I was probably in the first 60, 90 days of kind of being around the industry. And I was consulting and managing a dispensary in uh, Hollywood. And we had a patient come in and um, she was in our 60s, 70s. And very anti-cannabis her whole life. I uh, had just recently tried to commit suicide from uh, trying to escape the pains and trauma of liver cancer. She had something like 15 or 16 surgeries and went from like an everyday walk around weight of around 140 down to the low 80s and was just in so much pain and misery that she just you know didn't want to continue. So when that failed, her daughter finally convinced her to try cannabis and like, what do you have to lose? And um, I guess they made something or a friend of theirs or someone made something like on a stove and she responded well to it. Um, but they wanted to get into things that were a little more controlled. So they came to our shop and, uh, you know, they, she didn't want to smoke it. So I started putting together a bag of things for her to try and uh, in terms of edibles and things like that, that made sense for her and went to give it to her. And it was probably know, $150, worth of product. And she said she only had $40. And I said, well, why don't you want your $40? Just keep your $40, uh, you know, because you're not going to need to spend probably more than $20 when you go into a shop. Just take all these, figure out what works for you. So the next time you know what you need. And, um, you know, for me, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. But what I didn't realize was how important that was to her and what that meant to her, because what that actually meant to her was not money. It was breakfast with their grandkids. You know, this wasn't probably going to save her life or change her condition at the stage that she was at, but it meant not being in a vegetative state, being bedridden. It meant sitting up at the breakfast table and enjoying the last few days of her life or months or years or whatever she had with her disease with her family and feeling better. And, uh, you know, she held me for probably five, 10 minutes in the middle of my store, just bawling. And that was the moment my life changed right there. And, and I pulled all my money that day. I called uh, my contractor and my realtor was also my aunt and pulled all the money from a job I was doing on a house and decided I'm going all in on the industry. That's that's a really, really touching story. And, and, and you, you cover a lot of these sort of stories in, in uh, what you've done with Burn TV thus far. But before we, we get into that, um, why, why did you end up launching Burn TV? 
Well, you know, I, I was always a businessman and an entrepreneur and things like that. And um, the one thing that I didn't like about the industry was, you know, even though I had the mindset of wanting to set the bar or be the gold standard, I mean, you know, the, the places that I was managing, we didn't even have green signs. Everything was white. There was no imagery of cannabis. We made everything above and beyond regulations. But no matter what we did at that level, uh, here in California especially, uh, they could take it away any day. Um, you know, there was, it, was, it wasn't helping move the industry forward. And so I saw an opportunity to do something bigger for the industry. I, I felt there needed to be a bigger shift. And I didn't see anyone doing it in a way that could provide that shift for the industry. And so I sat out to build something that could become the voice of an industry that can start to bridge the gap between, you know, not only the cannabis community and the movement, but also mainstream acceptance and audiences. So I want, I want to talk to you a bit about, about cannabis in the media, historical context, the evolution. You know, Weeds was really one of the first cannabis-centric shows to gain mainstream exposure. Uh, now we're seeing cannabis-focused episodes of The Simpsons, Family Guy. Uh, we got Sanjay Gupta, had a whole special on medical cannabis. This isn't shocking to me anymore, but when Weeds first came out, I was surprised it was, you know, greenlit because of, of cannabis in the media. Um, cannabis has always played a huge role in music. Uh, the Beatles got high, you know, but, yep. but, but TV is a whole different animal. Um, do you think that the modern portrayal of cannabis on television helps or harms activist efforts? Uh, it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Um, it all depends on how it's portrayed. You know, there's a lot of content that's still focused on old stereotypes. Such as weeds. And yeah, but Weeds was a little bit different because it was at least it was like a comedic sitcom styled, you know, dramedy type show. Right. Whereas, you know, I see shows that like Discovery's done some shows where, um, you know, it's they've really kind of made a mockery of what's going on. They want to make everything cops versus robbers, you know, and it I feel for me sometimes for every good piece of information they'll have in uh, one of those shows like Weed Wars or. Uh, weed country and things like this, where they'll have a great shot of how it's helping someone. They'll do some cheesy, you know, network garbage where they, you know, it's got to be a cops versus robbers scenario. In fact, one of my executives here uh, is the creator of Weed Country. And if you saw what the show was before Discovery got it, you'd see how different the show is. But, you know, so there's a lot of like stereotypes and false drama that gets forced into some of the content that's actually making it on a mainstream, you know, but uh, so. While it's good that more gets out there, it you know there's some of it kind of roadblocks a little bit of the the positive impact it could have. It, you know, it should be doing more. So what about shows like you know the the Simpsons Family Guy that are geared towards adults and. You know, we, you know, a lot of adults understand, you know, what cannabis does do and how it's portrayed on those shows, you know, where it makes you laugh or, um, you know, it makes you, it makes you peaceful. But at the, at the same time, those shows are also watched by children who might not understand yet, um, you know, what, what cannabis actually is. So, so what's your take on, on sort of those more mainstream that shows that aren't necessarily cannabis centric, but do focus on, on cannabis in, in some of their episodes? Well, the way I look at it is this, if a parent has an issue 
with that as a subject matter being in those shows, then they should pretty much have an issue with that show in town because those shows push alcohol, drunks, uh, violence, um, stereotypes, racism is part of their humor. So in the scope of what those shows already, you know, display in terms of their general subject lines, cannabis is actually relatively mild. And ironically, cannabis is probably the only subject line in all of those controversial subjects that they'll explore in comedy that actually has a benefit to people under the age of 18 and has been used in a medicinal and uh, very impactful way uh, that is positive. Whereas, you know, there is no use for alcohol or tobacco or violence or racism or all the other stuff that's in those punchlines. And I love all those shows and I think they have a, uh, a great take when they take on subjects like this. And I think it's great for the industry. Um, but at the same time, if a parent's going to have a concern about a cannabis storyline in that show, they should probably just be generally not letting their kids watch that show overall because there's way worse subject matters that come up. And a lot of what you're focused on with, with Burn TV is, is music. And, you know, as I said earlier, the Beatles got high, you know, and that's, you know, that's going back to the, the, the sixties. Um, where, where do you see cannabis's place in modern music? Well, if you talk to anyone who's inside music, any musician, anyone who works in the industry, they'll all tell you it's, you know, it is a just entwined in that culture, um, in that genre, that industry, uh, up and down. Doesn't matter what genre of music it is, it's it's part of what they do. You know, cannabis is can be a very creative, um, you know, uh, uh, inspiration for these guys. Uh, relax. There's a number of reasons why people smoke weed, but. Uh, for us, the main connection to music isn't even necessarily the cannabis connection. It's that music fits side by side with cannabis, but also the big part about music for us is that it's universal. You know, you don't have to like cannabis to like music. Or the music that we're embracing is just music. It's not weed music, right? So you don't have to be a fan of cannabis to be a fan of music. And that's kind of the whole theme of our platform is we're building an entertainment portal that is embracing cannabis, but we're not just another weed channel, you know, and music's a big part of the unification that we want to do to bring people that were over here. Maybe they use cannabis, but aren't really engulfed into the lifestyle or, but want to be exposed to other products. Maybe they have no interest in cannabis or maybe they're a heavy cannabis user. Either way, they'll still enjoy the music content. Um, and, uh, and like I said, you know, it's obviously got a massive long-term connection with cannabis in general. So it's a perfect fit for us. So tell me a little bit more about how you plan to create this, this platform, uh, that appeals to a broader audience, uh, than, than cannabis users. Well, you know, the main focus here is we're not building a weed channel. We're building a platform that fully embraces it, like I said, gives it all the same business opportunities. Um, but the the main focus here is on entertainment and to be an entertainment destination for the cannabis community and you know other people who are attracted to this type of genres of entertainment around music, comedy, adrenaline, lifestyle, as well as cannabis. So while there will be you know a lot of high-level cannabis-themed content on the network, most of our content won't have anything directly to do with cannabis, but will be applicable content to the demographics around cannabis, the full scope of demographics. So today, you know, there's like this 
small, you know, niche of people who, you know, really like, you know, dab videos or product showcases or this or that. But there's another huge part of this demographic that even when there's good content out there, they won't necessarily go look for it because they don't want to be associated with that stoner stereotype any more than, say, a wine drinker wants to be associated with an alcoholic. In their mind, it has the same negative stigma. So even when brands are doing great content, there's a lot of people inside this demo that just don't see it. So we wanted to normalize the content. We wanted to deliver what's familiar to them in all the other types of content they like. So they can be exposed to brands and products in a a piece of content around music or a comedy stand-up special has nothing to do with cannabis, you know, but maybe there's a promo or sponsor or something. They shouldn't have to watch like heavy cannabis themed content to get exposed to other products and brands in this industry. And uh, so we wanted to build this broader platform so other people can feel safe and come to this network and engaging content without feeling like they're somewhere they're not comfortable. You know, that's, that's a really remarkable sort of vision to have as, as a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of companies would take an entirely different approach and want to maybe monetize those dab videos or something like that. Um, I want to talk to you a bit more about the role of independent media in the cannabis space. But before we do that, I got to take a short break. This is the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm T.G. Brandfall. If you are looking for a job in the rapidly growing and highly competitive cannabis industry, Gontrepreneur.com is the place to look. Visit the Gontrepreneur job board today to browse current openings with cannabis companies throughout the United States, from entry-level bud tender positions to executive-level career opportunities. You can also create a profile and upload your resume to be discovered by cannabis recruiters. Visit our job board at jobs.gontrepreneur.com to create your profile today. If you are a business owner, you can post your job openings for as little as $25 on our job board to reach the largest and most engaged audience of cannabis professionals on the web. Companies who are listed in the Gontrepreneur Business Directory are eligible for free job listings. If you are already signed up, contact us today via the website or send us an email at grow at to activate your unique coupon. Welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, here with Jason Santos, CEO of Burn TV. Um, so I'm, in, I, you know, I'm obviously working for some independent media. Um, you know, I, I have my own sort of opinions on on the role that the independent media should play in this space. What is your your goal or, or your opinion of what independent media, what role independent media should play in in this space? Well, I mean, independent media is incredibly important to the cannabis sector because it's still so heavily blocked from mainstream media and traditional media sources. So it's going to take, you know, uh, you know, an independent media brand to really uh, become that centralized voice. And, you know, we're not talking about a small niche space here. We're talking about, you know, an industry that realistically is probably, you know, a trillion dollar global brand, you know, industry already when you factor in all the legal, illegal, and ancillary businesses all into the one thing. So, you know, that's pretty remarkable that something this big doesn't have a centralized voice. And so that independent space is going to be key in setting that up. And we live in a really exciting time right now where independent media has become 
you know, very popular, very powerful, very viable, and it started to develop a really big reach. And so there has a, this is like a perfect storm of timing between, you know, digital media distribution, as well as, um, you know, the cannabis space. And at the same time, you're, you're leveraging some, you know, the, the Roku, uh, platform or whatever it would be called. Um, have you, in, in your quest to distribute, uh, have you faced any pushback from any of the potential distributors that you've uh, approached? You know, I, I'll be honest with you, I have not. Um, we've, even when I've dealt with people who have reservations around cannabis, They've been incredibly enthusiastic with our brand, our brand name, our look, you know, our approach. And it's been very welcoming to the point where I've actually been quite a bit surprised. You know, I actually expected a little more um, like resistance or a little more hesitation. Uh, I mean, we're even just even on a small level, um, you know, we were allowed to go film at one of the most iconic comedy clubs in the country, especially Los Angeles. And we were the only brand that was related to cannabis that ever let in there, um, despite repeated requests to do like special events and shows there because they, they felt their brand was safe with our brand. And that's really the philosophy of the network. We want people to feel safe here, whether it's a consumer, whether it's uh, a non-cannabis related brand that wants to market or advertise here, whether it's distribution, whether it's a venue, whether it's a cannabis-based company. We want everyone to feel that they can be here and, you know, not be off-putting or offsetting to, you know, what their core values are. I've watched, uh, you know, some of the, the videos that you guys have put out, you know, the, the My Life, My Story, the, the portraits. Um, these are really incredible, very, very deep, very moving profiles. Uh, how did you find the subjects for these profiles and how did you approach them? Well, um, in the My Life, My Story series, um, these were people we knew, you know, we knew their stories, you know, being around the industry, um, you know, I've got to know a lot of really good people and, um, the Tommy two sticks one actually was brought to us. It was from uh, a creator who wanted to do a piece with him. I believe they were going to do something at MTV or something like that, but, uh, it just wasn't going anywhere yet. And they kind of really wanted to do a piece. So they pitched it to us and we loved it. Um, but the other two uh, were people that came from our world that we just knew their story. Um, and then on the portrait series, um, there was a combination of people we knew. Um, and uh, there was other couple of the people that were brought in were friends of other people we knew. Like, you know, when we started talking to people at the show, they were like, hey, you got to go talk to Tony Nyer. You know, and our friends over at Jam in the Van introduced us to him. And then he was fantastic. You know, John Sally, I already knew. He's been wanting to work with us for a while. He's a phenomenal human being. I, you cannot be in the room with that guy and not have a smile on your face. The guy is just epic. Um, you know, so some of our friends knew a couple of the people. Um, and honestly, it, it became really hard to cast because we had so many people who wanted to be part of it. And we knew we wanted to do nine individual stories. So um, for this first run was difficult. We wanted to create a diversity. You know, we wanted to, you know, space them out, guy, girl, guy, girl. So there's and then different people from different walks of life. And uh, the response was overwhelming. And since the series has come out, we've had a lot of other people reach out and ask us if we're going to do more because they'd like to be part of it or they know someone that should be part of it, you know. 
and since you don't have a background really in in broadcast media, how difficult was it for you to produce these projects? Well, actually, I, I was in television production for about four years um, before I got into real estate and started to go out on my own. Uh, worked through a few big shows, like uh, short stint on American Idol, Weakest Link, worked on the Olympic broadcast team. So, I mean, a couple shows for USA Network. I mean, I was familiar with the process, but if you see in my, in my signature, um, it always says at the bottom of my email, it says, if I'm the smartest guy at the table, I'm at the wrong table. And I firmly believe that. So what I did was I surrounded myself with people who know how to make really good content. And so my entire executive team comes from mainstream television production. I got an Emmy winner. You know, these guys are producers of the biggest shows on TV. They know how to make good content. So producing the content is actually uh, fun, uh, relatively easy for us because it's passion for us. We enjoy every second of it. And my guys are, I'm very blessed to have a very talented team um, that is capable of, you know, executing these visions. So what's the hardest part of your job as the CEO? Um, you know, honestly, the hardest part of my job is wearing how many hats I have to wear right now, just because, you know, as a startup, you know, you're bootstrapped all the time because there's, you know, there's so many capital needs and so many different directions. You know, we're not trying to build something small here. And, um, you know, so, it's it's really having to just to take on a lot of responsibility, um, just because we you know we you know we could definitely use more support staff, but uh, you know being pulled in all those different directions from meetings you know to development, app development, legal. I mean, it's just you know capital raising. It's just you know it's never ending responsibility. You know, I work seven days a week. There's really no days off. I always tell people I get up early and I go to bed late. You call me anytime, and um, but it's fun. And then you got guys like me calling you to get you on a podcast. Uh, no, this is great. No, I love. I appreciate the interest. It's uh, this. This makes me feel like we're doing something right when I get interest and people want to talk to us about it. I want to talk to you a bit more about the projects you have on tap. Uh, but before we do that, we got to take our last break. This is the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm TG Brandfold. At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of cannabis, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis-friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, 
you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Welcome back to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, TG Brandfault, here with Jason Santos, CEO of Burn TV. Uh, so tell me what you got on tap, man. Is there, is there anything in particular that excites you as the CEO? You know, the we got a couple of really big shows in the works that um, I'm really excited about. We just officially closed them. We're starting production on one uh, this month. Um, the other one, we're close to figuring out a production date. So they'll be coming to Burn. Uh, here this calendar year. So we're super excited about that. Uh, one's called Smoking with the Stars, and um, it's uh, a music-based show with a great, uh, just an incredible uh, company called JBTV out of Chicago. And, you know, we're bringing in all these up and rising new stars in music. They play the live venue. Uh, they sit down, you know, smoke some weed, have an interview with Jerry, who's kind of a combination of like Jerry Garcia a skinnier Santa Claus and like everyone's favorite uncle that you want to see at Christmas. You know, the guy's just awesome. You know, they won a lot of awards and things like that. And uh, we're honored to have formed a partnership with them to make this great show. Um, and then um, we got another one I can't announce yet, but uh, we're getting close to it. It's an animated series that was in high demand and it looks like we pulled it in and I'm super excited about it. The, um, the fun stuff is beginning now. The content, the creation, the creative side. You know, it's been a long road to get here. And that's that's what excites me is actually going out and, you know, turning this thing on officially. And I guess that's the next big thing is we're going to be officially launching the network uh, here uh, very, very, very soon. We'll be launching on approximately – we'll be available on like 1.5 billion devices or whatever. I mean that includes all Apple Mobile and tablets, all Android mobile and tablets, you know, uh, Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and in, in Android TV uh, set-top boxes. What are some of the, the topics most important for you as the CEO to showcase? You know, uh, stuff like portraits was very important to us. It was the brainchild of our uh, EVP of development, uh, Dave Yak, and uh, it hit everything that we wanted to, to kind of start to focus on and that is we want to really start to change the stigma of what a cannabis user looks like and you know these are your friends your family your colleagues your idols your icons your neighbors your you know co-workers it's in it's entwined in our society you know 2017 45 percent of americans have which is a record high have tried cannabis at least once so, I mean, that's almost one in two people has at least tried cannabis. And we're at 40 to, 40 to 45 million people who regularly use cannabis in the U.S. alone. So we want to start to change people's perceptions of what a cannabis user is because there's a lot of negative stigmas that still get a, associated with it. Um, you know, but at the same time, the, the other side of it is we want to focus on where cannabis isn't the star of the show when we do content. You know, a lot of people think you just throw a cannabis theme in there and that makes it good content. It doesn't. You know, when you watch uh, um, 
the hangover, you don't watch them take shots for an hour and a half before you get to the comedy, right? Like, it doesn't have to be about the weed all the time. Where weed can be a role in the show, it doesn't always have to be the star of the show. And that's the only way we feel that cannabis is really going to make that true crossover and get normalized is, you know, is when we start incorporating it into storylines and the content where the, the real star is either the story, the comedy, um, you know, the structure or whatever. And it's not always cannabis. So, I mean, it seems to me that, that you never really sat out to be an set out to be an advocate, but here you are advocating for normalization and you know you know is this a role that you you really anticipated when you took on you know this whole project uh actually absolutely um it was when i had the the little side business and stuff where i was consulting and working in the industry you know i just saw a lot of problems and it was never going to get to where it needed to be, in my opinion, without the right voice. And I knew there was a huge opportunity in this space. You know, it's the only massive industry I can ever remember in my lifetime that didn't have some kind of media voice, you know, like mainstream media voice. So for us, our focus isn't to be an advocate, but our focus is on doing this in a way that allows us to be that advocate, you know, so we'll never do something that would put the industry backwards. Everything we do is designed to move the industry forward. But obviously our primary focus is on entertainment and building a good entertainment brand. And the side benefit of that is if we do this right, as we set out to do, we're going to elevate the industry side by side with us the entire way. So, you know, why, again, we're not on a nonprofit, you know, advocacy agency but we get to be a media brand that gets to move this industry into the light and elevate, you know, its overall perceptions. So finally, you know, you, you, you said the first question I asked you, you said you're an entrepreneur. What advice do you have for other entrepreneurs, not just looking to get into the cannabis space, but possibly get involved in the media aspect of it? Well, you know, in terms of, the media space of, you know, cannabis, you know, the one major piece of advice that I could, I would give to anyone getting into media in general is learn how to make good media. Um, you know, just throwing cannabis as a subject line on something isn't good enough. And if you really want to transcend into this industry and do something good for this industry, but also make good content that's sustainable and going to continue to move this industry forward and move your own opportunities forward, just learn how to make good content. You know, a lot of people think that they just use a good camera and that's good enough. It's like, you know, there's lighting, storyboarding, you know, how to tell a story, editing, color correcting. There's a lot that goes into making a quality piece of content, small or big. Um, and understanding how to do good content is going to be imperative as this industry grows because it's going to quickly outgrow the lowbrow, low quality, you know, just weed themed content. Finally, where, where can people find out more uh, about Burn TV? Uh, you, you had mentioned br- quickly uh, you know, what devices it's going to be on. You know, wh- where can people find everything? Well, if you go to uh, BurnTV.com, uh, we got a website up right now. We put a morning article out called The Morning Burn. You can also find that on the website. Uh, the website right now is, is scaled back. Um, as we're just gearing up for the full launch. So there'll be some new updates coming to the website again, 
Um, it'll be expanding. Uh, we got a partnership with another big media brand that's going to be powering our news division that we'll be announcing shortly. Um, so there'll be a lot more coming to the site, but the main uh, destination for will be our apps, um, which you'll be able to find in the iOS stores, the Android stores, Roku, Amazon Fire, you know, Android, um, those kinds of things. So, um, you know, obviously you can follow us on Instagram at, at Burn TV. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Burn TV Network. Same thing with Facebook, it's Burn TV Network. Um, we're always publishing content there as well. You know, in fact, that's what Portraits was designed for. You know, to be short form, shareable social media content, so we can get as many eyeballs on it as possible, so we can start to shift, you know, uh, perceptions. And, and I mean, Portraits is what really drew me in. You know, I saw that, and I, I saw Smalley, and I'm, I'm familiar with his story a bit. And, you know, I, I was really like, you know, I was hooked. I watched one and then I watched the other. And then, you know, the My Life, My Story, you, you had mentioned uh, the two sticks. That story itself was absolutely incredible. I, I was sitting there, you know, like, man, sometimes I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. And this dude is, I mean, He's he's doing things that you really really wouldn't expect. So I, I really want to congratulate you on on the content that you've produced thus far. It's really engaging, uh, really really good stuff. And you know, I want to thank you for for taking the time. You know, putting on the the podcast hat and and joining me on this podcast. Uh, really really good stuff. And I'm really looking forward uh, to adding Burn TV on my Roku. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure to be here. I definitely appreciate the kind words. And, you know, that's the kind of reaction that we're focused on when we make these types of shows. And, um, you know, we got a lot more exciting stuff coming. We got a lot of stuff coming in action sports, comedy, music, all burn original stuff as well. Um, and then we got a lot of really great content partners, um, big mainstream brands, as well as a big industry cannabis brands that we're going to be bringing to the platform as well. So, uh, we're excited to get it launched, and um, really looking forward to uh, that next stage. I'm looking forward to seeing the next stage, man. Thanks again for, for being on the show. Uh, my pleasure, and thanks for having us. You can find more episodes of the Gondrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gondrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gondrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gondrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Sebastiano. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfault. Mm-hmm.